You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Sports Illustrated's Coronavirus and Sports. This is Luis Miguel Echegaray. Every weekday, we'll take you through the latest on how the spread of COVID-19 is impacting professional leagues, tournaments, and the people around them. And we'll try to wrap our heads around what sports looks like in the midst of a pandemic. Today, baseball. We'll be talking to SI senior writer Tom Verducci to find out how COVID-19 has impacted MLB as it was just about to kickstart its 2020 season. We'll take a closer look at how the pandemic has created major obstacles from the minor league to those who work in stadiums and what the future holds for America's favorite pastime. In the scheme of American professional sports and due to the timing of the virus, perhaps none has been more impacted from top to bottom than MLB whose decisions in the coming weeks not only impact transcendent talents in today's major leagues, but also countless athletes and workers in the minor leagues, amateur levels, and even high schools. How does a sport so entwined in the fabric of society move forward in such an unprecedented crisis? Joining us now is senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Tom Verducci. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Where do we stand right now in the world of MLB? Well, we're in really deep limbo. We're so far deep, we can't see the horizon. In other words, there's really no clue on when we might get Major League Baseball again. Uh, baseball officially has not given up on the idea of a 162-game season. But really, the timeline, the way it stands now, makes that virtually impossible. Uh, according to the CDC, they've recommended against any gatherings of more than 50 people through at least May the 10th. So just to use that as the most optimistic point of view, baseball players are going to be out for two months at least. So they're going to need probably, I would say, two, three, maybe even four weeks to retrain themselves to get ready for a championship season. So that's pushing baseball in a best case scenario into June. And again, that's just the best guess at this point, and that's the optimistic side of things. Now, when we talk about 
negotiating, how are MLB and the players' new union negotiating what gets canceled, rescheduled? How, how is that going along? Yeah, it's almost been a daily basis. There's been a lot of communication between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. And obviously, right now, they've pretty much shut down all the training camps when the players at first thought it might be a good idea to stick around and practice as a team if informally. And obviously, the gathering of people in any kind of group sizes uh, really warranted against that kind of uh, idea for the Players Association. So they pretty much scattered, working out on their own. Now, as far as when baseball resumes, there's a lot of conversations going on between the union and the Players Association about things like back pay and especially about service time, which is a really big deal. Players are paid essentially on the service time they accrue in the major leagues. You get more service time, you earn more rights that allow you to earn more money. So for instance, somebody like Mookie Betts, we'll use him as, as an example, went to the Los Angeles Dodgers on what we think is his walk year. In other words, he gets six full years of service time. He's qualified to be a free agent. He can strike it rich on the market. Well, Mookie needs a little more than 100 major league service days this year to become a free agent. What happens if we get a very truncated season and there are less of those service days to be had, even if you played every single game? Well, those are the things the union has to work out with Major League Baseball. How do we define now a full year in terms of service time? Now, we're a long way from really knowing the answer to that because I think a lot depends on how much of the season is lost. If we lose, say, 30 games to 40 games, they could redefine a major league season from 172 service days to those 130 or 132, whatever the number is. But if we start getting towards half of a season lost in that area, there's going to be some really tough negotiating going on about whether to give players a full year of service time when we're getting maybe, if we're lucky, a half year of baseball. Tom, a major aspect of baseball is obviously what happens below it, right? The minor leagues. How, how is that impacting minor league players? Yeah, these are the people that are really getting hurt. Let's face it, the average big league salary now is in the millions of dollars. Those players in the minor leagues are working pretty much, when you do the math, at poverty level compensation in a lot of lower levels of the minor leagues. So a lot of them have had to scramble to get income in other places. But essentially, they're also losing time on the clock. You know, we all age every single day. But for the athlete, that clock ticks a little louder because your skills begin to decline as you age, of course. And those people who are trying to get to the big leagues, they're running out of not just money, but time to prove themselves. Even just this year, spring training, we've lost the opportunity for a lot of players to earn major league jobs. We're down in the last two weeks of spring training when those kind of spots are decided. That door is closed for those type of players. But more than that, really, it's about lifestyle now and supporting families. And those are the things minor league baseball are being hurt by. The season has been obviously postponed, uh, just as major league baseball has. So I think the minor leagues are in a very precarious situation here. We're already talking about even in a healthy year before all this began, major league baseball getting rid of a lot of the minor league franchises. They want to essentially trim the number of franchises they support as affiliated teams. So the future for a minor leaguer right now is really in jeopardy. And if you want to go another level below that to the amateur level, the amateur level has been thrown in chaos. If you're a high school senior or a college senior, these are tough times that you lose the season. But especially if you're a major league prospect or professional prospect, 
you're losing that window to be seen to enhance your opportunity to be drafted and signed. We have no idea yet what's going to happen to the major league draft. Uh, there's some talk about postponing it. There's some talk about canceling it until next year. How we go ahead down this road, it's, it's like walking into a dark room where you're just blind to what's out there and you have to walk very carefully, take this thing step by step. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Tom, as you're giving all these explanations and talking, I, I sense a lot of worry in your voice naturally, obviously. Is there any precedent? for what is happening right now in America's pastime and how it's being handled. And do you think, should MLB be doing more? Well, there's really no precedent quite like this. You know, when the Spanish flu epidemic, uh, pandemic, hit everybody back in 1918, 1919, it really was over the course of the winter after the 1918 season had been completed. And that actually ended early because of World War I where they shortened the schedule. The World Series was completely in September. So baseball didn't really go up against that, the effects of the pandemic as much as what we're seeing right now. Of course, you had 9-11, where everything was shut down in this country, including Major League Baseball. But that only lasted about seven days. About a week of games were lost and tacked on to the back end of the schedule. You know, 1981 is the best example as far as just a shutdown of the game. That was, of course, the midseason player strike. In 1981, we lost about two months of the season. There was an agreement at the end of July, and players were able to get back playing games in about a week, which is really fast. But again, the season had already begun. Players were in championship shape. It wasn't spring training time. That's the best example that you can draw from if you want to be an optimist and say, when baseball resumes, how quickly can we get the players back playing regular season games? I would think at this point that's probably more two weeks than one week at a minimum. But again, I don't think we've seen anything like this. And a lot of what we're talking about here is speculation because it is so unprecedented. It is so early in the curve here of knowing when baseball can resume. We're all trying to do our best guess of where we stand now. But tomorrow we'll bring something else that changes the dynamic and the day after that as well. Unprecedented. um, But something that we do know is how it affects uh, people that work in ballparks. Uh, Stephanie Epstein wrote a a great story about this. How, how bad is it going to get for those folks that work in ballparks and, and rely on that daily income? Yeah, this is really tough. I mean, even if you begin in spring training, right, in places like Florida and Arizona, there's a lot of retired persons out there. And baseball is part of their spring lives. A lot of them volunteer or work for small stipends uh, at those minor league facilities and really enjoy it. Uh, that obviously has been taken away with spring training being shut down. Regular season workers, whether you're in concessions, maintenance, janitorial, there's so many different uh, employees who are connected to Major League Baseball. The games being played is really the lifeblood to a lot of these people economically. Now, the players, Major League teams, rather, have stepped forward and established a fund for a lot of these workers. We're not sure how long that will last, how many people it will cover, what they can get. But at least there's an effort here for the 30 clubs to recognize 
that these people are being hurt by the lack of baseball here, that this cuts in so many different directions, that there's an effort here to acknowledge that, and at least in some form, monetarily to address that. Tom, lastly, you've been in this business a long time. What are you mostly worried about? Well, I'm mostly worried about, like everybody else, the threat to public health. I mean, we haven't heard, at least within the baseball community, that many instances where people have been directly affected. We've heard about minor league players in the in the New York Yankees system. We've heard about a spring training worker with the Cincinnati Reds organization. I'm sure there's some others that, that I haven't accounted for, but it seems like we're only at the beginning of this curve. So that's the first thing you worry about is the fact that we do have a national and international emergency in terms of public health. And it's naive to think that it wouldn't affect baseball more than it has already. That being said, if you're looking from just a purely baseball point of view, and again, public health absolutely comes first, but purely baseball point of view, uh, you're looking at a very different kind of season. If you want to be an optimist, you can say that a short season brings more teams into play. We could have a very wild playoff run if you have only, say, 80 games to 100 games. The more games you have, the more separation you get from teams. So the inverse of that makes the pennant race a little more exciting. The other side of that, you're just losing games that we're never going to get again. We're looking at games in people's careers. I think of someone like Mike Trout. Mike Trout turns 29 in August. We're looking at what should be the prime of his baseball career. This is a guy who last year hit the highest slugging percentage of his career, hit the most home runs he ever hit. His trajectory was only going up, and now it's completely stopped. The prime of that career, again, is a clock that ticks loudly. And for these players, these are games, these are days, these are moments of their physical prime that they're just not getting back. Again, that pales to what we have as a global pandemic. But as a baseball fan, we're missing games, we're missing excellence, and those things were missed forever. They're not coming back. Sports Illustrated's MLB senior writer, Tom Verducci. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I covered a lot in my conversation with Tom. And the biggest takeaway is that the decisions made by MLB in the coming weeks will have a tremendous impact across the country on athletes, amateurs, and employees alike. And as with so many sports at this stage, there are more questions than answers. But as Tom says, the one thing we know for certain is that the one resource we can never get back is time. Thanks to Tom Verducci for joining me today. We'll continue bringing you these stories throughout the coronavirus crisis. If you like what we're doing, please recommend us to a friend or family member and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. You can listen to Coronavirus and Sports for free wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe or follow us for the latest episodes. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.